0: Hey, Don.
1: Hey, Jen.
0: What are you listening to this week? Welcome to What Are You Listening To This Week, the weekly podcast where we talk about our favorite songs, some old, some new, all good. I'm Jen Tully, and this week I'm joined once again by Don Cento, producer, guitarist, and composer based in Austin, Texas. He has recorded, toured, and or shared the stage with the likes of Sarah Jaffe, Ume, Little Jack Melody, and Chomsky, just to name a few. Don also records his own music under the name El Cento and co-leads the instrumental band Shibboleth. This week, we talk about some great songs, old and new. And now, on Spotify, you can listen to the show with the songs we discussed, Incorporated. Just search for What Are You Listening To With Music? If you're not listening on Spotify, be sure to give the playlist a listen and then tune into our conversation. With that, let's get started. Don, what are you listening to this week?
1: Well, this week, Jen, I've got two songs for you, and we'll start with a Some New and then we'll get to a some old. So the first one is a song called Into the Sun by a group uh, known as Super Organism. And uh, this is off a brand new album of theirs. I think it's 2021 or 2022. I'm not quite sure. I should have done more research on that, but I heard them just browsing around on a playlist somewhere. I think it was like a hyper pop playlist. Occasionally I'll dip my toes into things like that that I have no business being in. It's Uh, it's a it's a I don't, have you listened to any hyper pop?
0: I haven't. I didn't even recognize that as a genre, really. Um, but I yeah. love this band. So if this band is hyper pop, sign me up.
1: Yeah, it's a I guess they call it a micro genre and I don't know anything about it. I was just cruising around Spotify and found that. And um, and I was going down this playlist. And a lot of the stuff is all this hyper pop stuff is just like this song sort of. Cartoony and cut and paste, and it's they take uh, traditional song things and just blow them up like super high pitched vocals. Everything's tuned weird, and it's a uh, very neon and Technicolor. And uh, so I was scrolling through, and I saw that this song featured Stephen Malcolm. Yes. from Pavement. Yes. And me being yes, me being the the Pavement fan that I am, I'm like, well, I have to hear what this is and I was not expecting uh, what I got, and I was sort of enamored with what I got, because it is, like I said, just sort of a joyful-feeling track uh, that's very in-your-face and very silly, and it feels like they're making it totally for themselves. There was no sort of pretense. The stakes were very low, it was, but also very high, because they've had a, an enormous amount of success previous to this. Uh, But, you know, so I'm listening and listening, waiting for Malcolmus. Like, is he going (laughs) to sing a cool verse? Is he going to play a cool guitar solo? But it sounds like he just, like, emailed them a voice memo. And it's great. It totally works within the flow of the song. And it's got his total laconic delivery. Very laid back, which matches really well with the delivery of the singer, which I think is really dry and deadpan. And I love that.
0: Yes.
1: So I just think the whole thing is sort of a cool... And it's not a world that I'm familiar with, so it's exciting. You know, it's interesting to me, like listening to the song over and over and listening to all the layers uh, and all the little details and how the puzzle pieces kind of work together and all the sounds and where do they get that sound and what is that sound? And it's super, super fun. It's a really fun way to form an old guy who grew up playing guitar where it's just all about playing the guitar or whatever. Right, This their sort of musicianship is taking sounds and altering them, I guess, and making them something totally different. But there is still there is still an authority to that. There's still a uh, just a virtuosity to that that I am fascinated by.
0: And it feels—I don't
1: really relate to it, but I'm fascinating. It feels like it
0: makes sense. You know what I mean? Like when I'm listening to you talking, and when I'm thinking of listening to the song, it does. Like it could be really chaotic and not have a point, but I feel like it's really chaotic and still has a point. You know what I mean? Like everything worked together in a way that it created this song that is, the first note that I wrote is, yes, this is the stuff summer song dreams are made of. I've been talking a ton about, you know, every summer I sort of make it my mission to put together, you know, just a short, like sometimes even like 12 to 15 track, like this will carry me through the summer. And I've been doing it since I was a kid with like literal mixtapes, you know, like putting, I think probably, probably, you know what I can probably pinpoint when it happened, 1984, the year the Van Halen album came out, Because that's like definitive. That whole album is 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 summer songs to me. So, like, I've been doing it forever, and this one, I'm like, this definitely goes on the list. It's got everything that you want in a perfect summer song. You know, it's got these great fun lyrics. It's got lots of kooky, interesting sounds. It's got party beats. It's got French in the middle. You know, just starts speaking French. Talking about a fish. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So you're like, wait a minute, what is happening here?
1: Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's all over the map. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's like a, it's a weird quilt. It's but it's an amazing quilt that works
0: totally totally agree and I like just to give one more shout out I too am a pavement fan and so I love it whenever um, whenever uh, Stephen Malkmus comes in or Malkmus comes in he like the it's exactly as you said it's just in a completely 100% pavement way and he
1: says
0: (laughs) if you see me around maybe say what's up (laughs) like almost exactly like that in his voice you know that's all you get because when I saw he was here as well and just to, you know, shout out the rest of the band, um, uh, Jen Hoshino, Stephen Malkmus, and then Pijama is also in it and also like featured on this track. And I was like, what is going on here? And it turns out like Jen Hoshino is super popular Japanese artist. like just released a new album. Like if you walked through Japan, apparently everybody knows this artist, um,
1: it's you know, Stephen
0: Malkmus, like we talked about from pavement, um, oh my gosh, and then, you know, that's just, that brings back, like, college vibes for me, and you and I sharing a similar time in Denton, Texas, you know, I can remember listening to that, you know, uh, the the watery domestic EP and slanted and enchanted like
1: slanted and enchanted all yeah. of
0: those were like and the interesting thing too we're focusing a lot here I'm I'm taking us on a pavement tangent here but you know like Dinosaur Jr and Live and Primus and like all of those bands I I never really got into like I get why people like them they were never really for me. Um, but Pavement, for some reason, was okay. Like, I always really liked Pavement. And so um, I loved seeing him in this song and then him popping up in, like, such a Pavement way. <laughs>
1: was. Yeah. It,
0: it just felt like they were, like, honoring him almost, which was really great. And then, um, you know, the French artist, I guess her name is Pauline de Tarragon, but she goes by by P Pijama. I'm not even exactly sure. Do you know the... the- the correct I, pronunciation? I don't know. Yeah.
1: I do not know the correct pronunciation and the, just the, like the artists, that get the featured guests that you're talking about from all over the world, from France, Japan, and America yeah. and the band themselves are from all over the world. They're just sort of, it seems like a collective that met on the internet. Love. One
0: of
1: the, I think one of the, Yeah, one of the singers is in New Zealand, one's in Australia, the rest are in London. Maybe I've got that right, maybe I've got that wrong, but they're all over, and it's an amazing thing.
0: Yeah, I'm like, regardless, take a deep dive. The whole album um, that I listened to that this was on, which is called um, Worldwide Pop, uh, the whole album was great. Loved it. So I I think lots of people are going to be grateful for you um, bringing up... (laughs) This band, they're so, so good. If you've not heard of them, go check out Super Organism. Super, super fun. And then yes, we take a real, uh, we take kind of a hard left here. Don, with your second song, tell me about this pick.
1: <laughs> well, the second song is a classic. I mean, when, it's, it's hard to narrow down to two songs each week because I end up listening to so much weird music, going back to things that I've loved, trying to find new stuff. This past week, I was on vacation with my wife. She was working, so I had some time to myself to kick around and drive around Long Island. And the radio station there played uh, Werewolves of London by Warren Zevon, which is not my song. but that And I, we heard that song three or four times during that week. Sylvia hates that song. <laughs> I love it. But it put me in the mind of Warren, who I, whom I've loved for a long, long time, and i dug up uh, this record, Excitable Boy. And so my second song is Roland the Headless Thompson Gunner by Warren Zevon off of Excitable Boy from 1978. Now, this is a crazy, crazy, amazing song. It's just, it's not your typical pop song. It's not a love song. It's no. not a breakup song. It's it's a fable. It's, a, it's folklore almost. Yeah. It's an anti-war song. It's, you, you know, it's about a... It's about a mercenary fighting in, uh, in, a, in a, during the African Revolution, I, b- I believe. Whenever this would, would have been, Nigerian Civil
0: War, yeah, in the Congo. Nigerian Civil Spain. War,
1: yep. Thank you. And so it becomes that central character who gets his head blown off, then becomes a <laughs> ghost who then haunts future conflicts as just sort of this. I don't know, he's just like this endless cycle of global conflict and there's always Roland the Headless Thompson Gunner's ghost is always there influencing the warfare, sort of pushing the warfare forward. He's sort of an inciting, an inciting event ghost being. Yes. Um, the th- and I didn't know this until I was reading about this, but it was co-written in uh, when Warren was living in Spain, working in a bar. It was co-written by the bar owner, who was an ex-mercenary.
0: Ah. Oh. Yeah. okay.
1: Yeah, so I think it's a lot of this guy's story, which he told Warren, and then Warren sort of molded into this mythological folklore, folk hero, folk anti-hero.
0: Which I love. You know, I'm a big... I talk about it a lot. I love... When songs tell a full story, you know, like I'm down for the narrative yeah. of like a breakup or, you know, a relationship song, a happy summer song as a genre, you know, like I love all that. But a song that tells a story from beginning to end, I'm always there for. And this one was such a beautiful version of that. Like you said, like it's just a, a, a fable um, of g- how almost like a butterfly effect is what I thought of you know like this one incident sort of set off these other incidents and now this um this guy who's just constantly seeking revenge is present in all of these other conflicts like you mentioned and and also like you said you know Excitable Boy is a great album and I dug into Warren Zevon early I guess for you know I was always looking at any kind of music I could get my hands on when I was a kid. Even though I'm not a musician, um, I just like was a voracious consumer of music, still am. And so I dug into the Excitable Boy album after I saw and heard Werewolves of London from The Color of Money in 1986.
1: Do you remember that? I do, yes. Yeah, it was
0: like a big Tom Cruise moment. And so when I heard that song, I was like, oh, I have to know, like, what is this? What is this? And that's how I got into Warren's Yvonne. So this was actually a song that I did know because I had taken a dive on that album, a deep dive on that album when I heard Werewolves of London. Um, the other cool thing I like about this song is that you get kind of this beautiful piano opening and then it immediately goes mm-hmm. into almost like a dirge, you know, like I'm like, I'm Irish. We love a good funeral yep. song. And so um, <laughs> I love that it immediately like takes you into like, you're like, am I listening to like a, like a sailing song or an Irish dirge, or you know, what what am I about to get? And then, like I said, it's almost like a this TV show or mini movie unfolds in front of you with the full story of of Roland.
1: I think you hit it on the head there. The chorus is sort of a shanty. Yeah. Da da yes. da 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 da. You know, it's kind of got this militaristic shanty sort of feel to it, which is you know perfectly appropriate. Yes. It
0: just
1: it's so great. I mean, he's such a he was such a. Not only a great lyricist, but a great musician, incredible piano player. Played piano for the Everly Brothers. Yes. Was their music director. Uh, he's just—he's such a magical figure. Another thing about this song: this is the last song that he ever performed before he died. Oh. Did you ever see that episode of uh, Late Night with David Letterman? No. In it was 2002, he gave Warren the entire episode. Wow. So Warren played a few songs. He sat down and chatted with Dave. And I think that's where that quote, you know, Dave asks him, do you have any advice before you go before meaning, you know, before you pass away? And I think Warren's quote was enjoy every sandwich. <laughs>
0: that sounds right.
1: <laughs> that might be apocryphal, but but this was the last song that he played on the on that episode. And then he passed away, you know, a few months later. Wow.
0: Yeah, I did not know that. Yep. I saw when I was doing research for the show. It's it's funny that you mentioned this because it did keep popping up, like David Letterman, Warren Zevon, and I just assumed it was some sort of it, you know it was an appearance. I didn't realize it was like the full show. So I will go back and the
1: full show and take
0: a look at that. I'm sure I love David Letterman as well. So I'm sure that it'll be uh, yeah. it'll be <laughs> it'll be a good one. Well, while we're while we're sort of kicking it back a little bit, I did. I picked two old <laughs> songs this week. Um, so you're, you, thank you for bringing us the new track on this week's episode. Um, but sure. I also um, went back to an album that was released in 1980. Um, and my my pick, my first pick, is a song called "Babylon Sisters" by Steely Dan. Now, this is off their Gaucho album, um, which I mentioned was released in 1980, and. I mentioned this to you before we started recording, Dawn. You know, Steely Dan, in my experience in having music conversations, which is my favorite kind of conversation to have, um, is like Steely Dan's one of those bands where you either get it or you don't. You know, I, I don't run into people a lot right. that are sort of like, like, meh, Celie Dan, they're all right. You know, like if you if you understand the magic of Walt Becker and Donald Fagan, like you sort of get Steely Dan. And I can remember I was at a party once and there were a group of us talking about Steely Dan and somebody came up and was like, oh, yeah, they're like the like the loungiest of lounge bands from the, you know, from the 70s and 80s. And everybody like almost dropped their drinks. Right. Like, are we talking about the same Steely Dan? Like, what are you talking about? You know, but it, it was like in that moment where I was like, oh, he he's not a fan you know and that doesn't mean that you have right. to like go deep to listen to Steely Dan I think I'm pretty like proletariat about music you know like if you if there's even one song from a band that you like take it and run with it and love it but um, Steely Dan I mean we could I feel like especially you and I specifically could probably have four episodes dedicated we could do a we could do an episode for every Steely Dan album I feel confident
1: <laughs> Oh, and long episodes too <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there. It is a deep well, the Steely Dan well. If you're if you're into if you're into that water, it is a deep, deep well, and it is a it is a very happy place for me. Yes. Um, I think their records are. And this song in particular, their records are amazing on so many different levels. And I get why it turns, And I think the the what makes them amazing, might be what turns people I off. I Agree. Mm-hmm. You know, I I feel like a lot of people approach music and want it to feel. A certain way they want to. When it, I think maybe they appreciate the confessional nature of a live, feeling track or the cathartic nature of that. And I don't want to say that Steely Dan rings that out of a song. Uh, I think it's still there, but they do tend to sort of distill and freeze their songs into sort of an elemental thing, and also put a whole lot of other sauce on top. Um, this song is amazing. I love the lyrical perspective, which I think they sort of use this untrustworthy narrator perspective a lot, mm-hmm. to with great success. I think I love it, and just get this feels so scuzzy.
0: Always, yeah, and. I- And I love, again, loving, when when there's a band that you love as much as, I think we both love Steely Dan, it is hard to pick, like, what song to listen to, and Babylon Sisters is always one I go back to, and it's not even, I was trying to think, I'm like, why is it this song? Like, why am I not picking Hey 19, or Kid Charlemagne, or Peg, Mm -hmm. or, you know, any of the other Steely Dan songs um, that I love, and I, I don't know, I don't know why I always go back to Babylon Sister, other than, like you said, it might be the narrative and for me i've always thought of it yeah. it's kind of like a um you get like this female male perspective um and even when they're singing you know there's a there's a line that i love that says this is no one night stand it's a real occasion you know so it's like he's building up to this thing and then he goes into this part where it's so fine so young it's a male voice and then this yeah. female chorus or like a choir almost comes in and says, tell me I'm the only one. And so then you're kind of like getting the situation where you're like, oh, something's going on here. And then it builds up into like a Sunday in TJ. And for those that are not TJ, Tijuana, (laughs) like a Sunday in TJ that it's cheap, but it's not free, that I'm not what I used to be and that love's not a game for three and then you're like, oh, yeah. now I get it, you know. So maybe it's that. I love that they sort of had me wondering the whole time, like, what's this song about? And then you get this really clear answer. Um, and there's the other thing, too, is this this song always feels really California to me, you know, and they're talking about drive west on totally. sunset to the sea and the Santa Ana winds. And I think of Steely Dan as like, almost an exclusively east coast band you know like because they are all they're referencing well, yeah, new yeah. annandale they're referencing like all of a lot of east coast things too so maybe maybe i go back to this one a lot for the california references
1: there is a i found a cool quote from them on in the liner notes from their uh, alive in america box set about this song they uh, to encapsulate the song they say late 70s la noir apocalyptic burned out slide into decadence or healing regression question mark <laughs> cool beat and i think that's an important thing too that last little thing they say cool beat because this song is the purdy shuffle the drum beat is the drums are played by bernard purdy and hits it's he's playing his sort of uh signature beat called the purdy shuffle which is an amazingly subtle techni- technical technically difficult thing take on just like a regular shuffle drum beat now, you may have heard this, listeners will have also heard this on um, Fool in the Rain by Led yes. Zeppelin. John Bonham copied the beat there, and Rosanna by Toto. I think uh, Jeff Piccaro copied the beat there. Never with the great, never to the degree, degree of success that Bernard Purdy played it, of course.
0: Not even John but, Bonham.
1: Um, not even John Bonham. Not even oh. John Bonham. I mean...
0: You're getting into blasphemy I territory. I mean, John Bonham.
1: <laughs> uh, well, but, we're, but it's Bernard Purdy. Okay, okay. Bernard Purdy play, you know, played with James Brown. Yes. So I think it, listeners if they haven't heard of this should Google the Purdy Shuffle. Okay. It's spelled P U R D I E, Purdy Shuffle. And just there's some great videos out there of him explaining it and he's a very very colorful character and i'll leave it at that i
0: love it love it
1: but that might be one of the reasons you always return to the song because it feels so yeah, good. yeah it does the groove is just so amazing it's
0: so good and then so we talk about a song that feels really good and then i round us out with a song that maybe doesn't feel so good my um
1: <laughs> my
0: second pick uh for today is um is don't go away by oasis now, Oasis. Oasis! Uh, So much to say about Oasis. Um, You know, I think the reason I love this particular song, and there are lots of Oasis songs, all the, like, yes, I know all of the folklore about Liam and Noel Gallagher. I've seen them live, where they actually almost started hitting one another on stage. I mean, like, I get it. I understand it. And still, there's something magic about this band. And this particular song, I think, yeah. I love so much because it's such a sweet song from such a jerk of a guy.
1: <laughs> you know where <laughs> you're yeah, or like
0: it sounds like he's had like a little bit of um, you're like you can't for me, like I can't hate him entirely knowing that this song exists, you know, like it's still and I think Liam has perhaps a worse reputation than Noel and Noel wrote the song Liam's singing. But um, right. I just I think that that's. Amazing to me that um, that this person that has almost a reputation that precedes their music has this really like sweet, lovely song in existence.
1: <laughs> I agree, and I think that's kind of one of the things that jumped out to me about this song is well. Full, first off, full disclosure: I played in an Oasis cover band yes. in the early two thousands. Yes.
0: What was it called? <laughs> so I
1: love. It was called Blow Oasis. Okay. <laughs> This, is with, this was in Dallas with a couple of the guys from Chomsky and some other notable musicians from the area. We played a handful of gigs and it was a blast. Um, I was Noel in the band. Yes! <laughs> and, and Glenn Reynolds from Chomsky was Liam. Um, so, we, we, you know, most of, the, most of the songs that I know from them and I love are off the first two records. And after that, the, this record and beyond kind of lose me for whatever reason. But this song is amazing. And it struck me today to your point about the lyric, like the the vocal delivery really struck me as the most emotional, hard on his sleeve vocal delivery I think I've heard that I remember Liam doing. Like, it's a really, really nice take. You know, it's just sort of beautiful and you can kind of... It's the most emotional, like nakedly emotional thing I think I can, I can, that I remember him doing. And that really struck me today, listening to it on headphones.
0: Yeah, it's true. And I'm kind of like you as well. Like I, like everyone, I mean, when Definitely Maybe came out, it was on repeat, you know. And then um, this was their fourth album. And I didn't listen a lot after this album as well. But I, I have to say, like, that having been said, I do still go back to like, you know Liam Gallagher's solo. He has a song called "Everything's Electric" right now. That's great. And then mm-hmm. Noel Gallagher's "High Flying Birds." Um, I, I like that band. So I, I have revisited Oasis, just not as Oasis. You know, like their sort of solo, separate right, yeah. projects. But this one, yeah, I think it's it's a. I, I go back to it because it's a sweet song from an ornery band. How about that? <laughs>
1: it is. That's a great way to sum it up. <laughs>
0: Well, as always, Don, I love talking with you and I love having our uh, philosophical musical conversations. Like I said, (laughs) you're one that I know is always down to kind of go deep with me on some crazy weird tracks. Um, So thank you for sharing what you're listening to this week. And to learn more about Don and listen to his music, you can follow him on Instagram at El Cento. That's E-L-C-E-N-T-O. Or visit his website, doncento, dot com. And to our listeners, please join me again next week to find your new favorite song.